and welcome to the Michael Jacobs Moment. This is a podcast that has almost nothing to do with Boy Meets World. Uh, my name is Taylor Johnson. I am joined by my wife, Julia Valtieri. Hey-o. And button-down shirt critic, Scott Bigos. You gotta understand that button-down shirts are antithetical to my artsy boy aesthetic. We also have a very special guest with us here today, our lifelong friend, George. Hello. Uh, George will be joining us for the next 256 episodes. And that's contractually obligated. So let's dive into today's moment. This one comes from Season 7, Episode 16. Eric? No, not Eric. Not anymore. Uh Uh-huh. It's fine. It's just fine. Okay, what is your name now? My name is Plays with Squirrels. Perfect. Even more insane. Insane? If giving away all your worldly possessions, renouncing society, and learning how to purify and drink your own urine is insane, well... Mm, Yes, color me insane. And we've all felt like that. (laughs) Is that the one where he's, like, being the guy that makes the Truman Show? No. No, no. This is the reunion in the future, and he's, Uh, like, a hermit. Like, he has, like, a long beard and everything. That was the first clip where as soon as it started, I was like, I know exactly what this clip Oh, is. that was the opposite for me. I was like, what the hell yeah, is this? I don't remember that one at all. <laughs> Endgame for Eric Matthews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's clear the air. Let's clear the air. Let's clear the air. Uh, so this is Clear the Air. This is where we uh, look back at previous episodes and repurpose our content. Uh, today I'm going to look back to episode three, uh, I cut George off. Uh, he was about to say something, and it's been eating at me ever since. So let's take a listen and then clarify. Right. Oh, right, right. I right. was thinking of the not bees. Not the bees, not the bees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, remember, Wait, if you right. want. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got something. No. <laughs> <laughs> if you got something, we can do it. We'll hold it. No. It's <laughs> So, yeah, George, what were you going to say? I feel so bad. It sounded really important. You know, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought it up because it's also kind of been me eating, eating at me because I felt like I had the perfect platform to discuss what I want to discuss. Right. And it's really just uh, a lot of people don't know that, you know, Brendan Fraser got his career uh, sidetracked by a sexual uh, assault <laughs> allegation uh, that was perpetrated on him. So he was. Really? Uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he was sexually assaulted. By Phil Burke, uh, former president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, grabbed him by his grabbed his ass and his genitals apparently, what? and really? yeah, like Brendan Fraser was like, you know, like I guess wanted an apology, and he thinks ever since then he kind of <sighs> hasn't been, you know, because you know he was a leading man, he was a yeah, leading man, he was. Oh uh, so this is why he didn't get an Oscar for George of the Jungle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, no, I think that was other politics because that was right. before. I can't think of one bad Brendan Fraser movie. Crash? I can't think of two bad. Oh, yeah. Brendan neither neither can I. You've got mail. Oh. So Hello? it looks like uh, we got mail to our, our email address, uh, the Michael Jacobs moment at gmail.com. That just uh, came in live? Yeah, this is actually a first. Let's, uh, let's log in and take a look. <laughs> Mom, are you on, are you on the phone? <laughs> Get, get off! 
I got 500 free hours of AOL 6.0, so I'm almost out. Wow. Actually, it's going to be a problem. I did not have AOL. I had AIM. That was the free one, right? No. What? That was the instant messenger. I think you're confused, yeah, Julia. That's just free. <laughs> you can just have that on the internet. Right. All right, but, go but ahead. D- we, we, have, we have mail. <laughs> we'll talk about the internet later. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. We'll back to ISPs and we how go. they work. <laughs> uh, so this email came from local movie buff Kyle O'Connor. Uh, and he wrote to us, I was watching Eight Crazy Nights and noticed that Rob Schneider does the voice for the owner of the Chinese restaurant. Uh, considering the discussion from the last few pods, is it more racist for a white guy to do a stereotypical Asian accent or to hire an Asian voice actor to specifically do a stereotypical Asian accent? And just a side note, Rob's only roles in the movie are as the narrator and the Asian guy. So um, I actually, I have a clip here. We can listen if, before we dive into this. It's a, a very good question. Congratulations. Now please excuse me while I go take shower. It's not I even really, good no, it's so bad. I don't so think that's I think the main problem here, yeah, is that the accent is just terrible. Yeah. I think they're equally racist for a white guy to do it and a, an Asian guy to do it. Sometimes really? it's more racist for a white guy to do it, right? But asking a Chinese person to do it is also very Can you imagine? Racist. That's worse. Bringing well, in an Asian guy and be like, can you make fun of your culture? Guys, I'm going to hit you with a different take here because I don't think either of them is racist i don't think right, you, an asian yeah, guy doing an asian yeah. accent or a white guy doing an asian accent is racist because we already talked about that how if it's funny it's good yeah what if it wasn't yeah. a cartoon then it would be kind of weird but you could still have a white guy who was raised in china he could have a chinese accent that's not like completely unheard of i mean if you have a cartoon character who is asian and working at a chinese restaurant and when you go to a chinese restaurant they speak in a chinese accent <laughs> So you're thinking, my character is going to speak in a Chinese accent. What yeah. the hell are you supposed to do? Just don't do a shitty one. Don't hire Rob Schneider. <laughs> don't hire hire a... somebody who yeah, yeah, actually yeah. has talent. That's what it is. Ooh. You don't like Rob Schneider? Uh, no, not really. I mean, he's a good I mean, actor. Name one good Rob Schneider thing. Oh, I don't like him either, but I just have never... You expected Actually, me to be a no, big rock no, I... <laughs> <laughs> Brainstorm. 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 All right, so speaking of Eight Crazy Nights, I thought it might be fun to brainstorm some Christmas movies. All right, so I got a couple ideas. One of them I've been working on all week, and then one of them I just came up with today. So the first one is, uh, so it's Santa Claus, right? He's at the end of the night. He's delivered all his presents. He takes a break, and he sees a group of teenagers, and they start harassing him, and they throw snowballs at him and stuff, and he ends up like falling over. They run away, and he sees a shooting star going by in a moment of you know desperation and kind of losing the Christmas spirit because of the consumerism of America and everything. He says, I wish I was never Santa Claus. And so he does oh. that. Next morning, he wakes up as a buff guy in the city, you know, kind of <laughs> ends up like ends up yeah. as a model and kind of gets swept up in the consumerism culture of everything. Meanwhile, back in the North Pole, the elves are freaking out. They can't find Santa. They develop some sort of Santa Raider to develop his, you know, he has some sort of bio 
love kind of Christmas spirit that he gives off. And so they track him down and they have to convince him that he's Santa Claus through the help of some sort of uh, romantic interest that, of course, gets involved. <laughs> Damn, dude, that's actually really wow. good. That's really good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, of really... Santa Claus. You really played could, it out, I could, too. I could see that being real, yeah. He has yeah. to. Only, he, he realizes that the world needs Santa Claus at the end. Do you have a title for that? Um, I was thinking something something really catchy, like, I'm no longer Santa or something like that. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> Perfect. It's a working title. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so my second idea, this is a more like, so this is a musical. So it's two people, and one of them works at a big corporation, and they happen to see this big, you know, this uh, homeless person every day as they're going into work, and they're, like, singing Christmas carols and stuff, trying to get money. And, you know, this one person is always looking down at them and, like, kind of shaking their head. And then right around Christmas, this person loses their job. And it's like, boom, you're homeless. And so she eventually, or he eventually, uh, meets up with this one person that they look down upon, and she gets introduced to the community of homeless people that you know live in the shanty town, and they all sing songs. And through, mm. uh, you know, their hardships and stuff, they they learn the true meaning of Christmas. Mm -hmm. I like these. These both of these have uh, real morals behind them, like a true Christmas movie. So let's move on to ours, which probably will not, <laughs> based on our reaction. Did, did I do it wrong? <laughs> Uh, no, <laughs> these I think, are, no, you these did are it actually right, good. These are unbelievably good. I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's it, Julia? What are what are yours? The first one I thought of. Well, I've actually only have one that was that is semi Christmassy. The one is just a horror movie, and that is just a chef that kills people with his fancy tools. And <laughs> he lures you to his fancy restaurant and then kills you in the kitchen with his expensive fancy <laughs> chef's things. It's Christmas night. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Perfect. And then Santa can save people or something. I don't know. Okay, that's too much. That's one. And then the other one is um it's kind of like um lethal virus where there's there's this new strain of Christmas bat and he <laughs> if he <laughs> A Christmas it's, it's bat. A, it's a bat. Like a, a bat, like a wing, a like bat a bat that bites you, and if he bites you, then you become Santa Claus. <laughs> However, because that's not how you know that's not how being Santa Claus works. This bat is <laughs> no. going to keep biting people, and they have to find him before he bites another person. Because if there's one more, if there's more than one Santa Claus in the universe, it it implodes. Wait, so, wait a second. So, how do we know if that they that this bat turns people into Santa? Because I mean, there's by default there's one Santa, right? So if there's if he get he bites someone, which is how we discover. Well, there's a scene where the scientist is standing in front of the military, and he's like, "Okay, here's what happened. This bat turns people into Santa Claus. But if he bites one more person, the universe is going to implode." I see. Okay, so it's like really good expository script writing. <laughs> okay, so also, what differentiates like a, cr a Christmas bat? Do you have a name for this? Um, <laughs> there's too many. No, Santas. not yet. There's too many, many Santas. Santas. Yeah, too okay, many Santas. Like That's too a good many Santas. Name. I have a few. I have a few suggestions here. So okay. my first idea is a gritty, realistic Santa Claus origin story <laughs> called mm -hmm. "The Last Wizard." And it takes place all throughout time for thousands of years. First, we get Santa Claus as a small child being trained by another wizard. And then he, like, <laughs> faces off with a dark wizard, like the other final wizard, like a thousand years ago. But it cuts back between that and modern time. Wait, I already have a question. What? How is he? He's immortal, but he grows to be old and then just never dies? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so 
it cuts back between that and modern time. But the main story is actually in modern time where the opening scene is everyone opening their presents on Christmas morning. And they find that there are like wooden toys that the parents are looking at each other like, we didn't buy these toys. And this promotes a new worldwide belief in Santa Claus. So yeah. immediately the U.S. military wants to harness Uh-oh. his power. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But why didn't people discover him before? Because he's been like he's been like hiding for like the last hundred years. He hasn't been delivering toys. Right. Like so Santa is based on a real myth, but he's been dormant. Yeah. He's coming out of his slumber, basically. Okay. And um, so the U.S. military wants to harness his power. And I have this idea for a scene where it's like a bunch of soldiers like uh, slowly moving through a frozen tundra. They're like in mm. all white disguises with assault rifles and they're like slowly moving. And then one of them looks at the ground and he like holds up his hand like, Shh, and then they all stop. And then he like reaches down and he picks something up and it's a candy cane. He's like, Shh, we got something. And he, and he looks at the candy cane and then he looks up and there's like an elf standing on a flying reindeer, like a silhouette <laughs> of him about to, about to just jump and pounce on all the soldiers. And then it cuts back to the military base and you just hear over the radio, like screaming, like, ah, ah. And then they're like, come in, Bravo Team 7, come in. And then they're like, we lost all of them. But they're the bad guys anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but they good. don't know what they're up against. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, eventually the military would like semi-succeed in getting Santa, but then like the children of the military generals would there probably, yeah, fight back. What is the, the, the see, Christmas. I feel like this is a good concept, concept but it keeps jumping around in tone. It's kind of like Godzilla, <laughs> yeah. almost. Is it a war movie? Is it... Well, is it serious or is it serious campy? Uh, <laughs> it's serious campy, yeah, I guess. Okay, okay, okay. Let me move on to my next idea. It's a little more simple. Hmm. It's called Home Alone 6, The Final Chapter. Because <laughs> okay. I feel like we haven't really concluded the Home Alone series, you know? And there's only been five movies. Like, <laughs> I think we need a sixth one. I think we're yeah, itching yeah. for it. We bring back Macaulay Culkin. We bring back all oh, the... Oh, okay. We bring back all of the kids from all of the movies and all of the bandits. And, right. you know, it's like an all-out war. And that's Do you know he changed since. his name legally to Macaulay Macaulay Culkin Culkin? So his middle name is Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I did not know that. Well, my next idea is Home Alone 7, A New Beginning. (laughs) A lot of low-hanging fruit with this Assuming that Home Alone 6 smashes it at the box office, what, are we just going to, like, let this slide? No, we got to make more money off it. So, of course, we're going Home Alone 7, A New Beginning, and we're starting fresh. And this is going to launch a whole new franchise. Yeah, yeah. So so Kevin McAllister passes the torch? Yes. To his kid? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. leaves him alone? I think it should be an orphan. Home Alone... Seven, colon, who took my parents? <laughs> okay. Wait, going back to my idea, I have an idea for the title. Okay. The bat, which one, though? The bat one. The Christmas bats? What is it? Christmas bats. It's called Spirit Suckers. <laughs> oh, wow. That's All pretty right. good. Okay. See, that's, I, like the, I like the name. I think the name pitches your movie better than your pitch. Thank you. <laughs> All right. My next idea is called Christmas in Love. And it's a romantic comedy. <laughs> it's a it's a like a lifetime hallmark romantic comedy. And mm-hmm. I don't know what the story is, but I also do kind of know exactly. What you the know story the cover is. of the yes, the DVD. I know, <laughs> you yep, you know me so well, Julia. So the cover, you got like an artsy guy in a flannel. You got the mm. business guy with like slicked back hair, 
and then you got a woman standing in between them, like, what? Oh. Like, which, which one am I going to pick? <laughs> and then Santa's in the background doing finger guns. <laughs> is, okay, is this a real Santa or uh It's, it's, it's a real Santa. I he think. was bit okay, by a, a, real Santa. a bat. <laughs> yeah. It's a bat Santa. It's, it's one of those yeah. fucking bat Santas. Actually, speaking of... Speaking of bats, my final idea is Batman Saves Christmas. Oh, that's weird. That's, yeah, I'm sold. And I actually think that that is pretty self-explanatory. I would like <laughs> yes. to say that preferably it would take place in the Christopher Nolan universe with okay. Christian there's Bale not enough, Batman. There's not enough Christmas villains. So it's gritty. Yeah. All right, Taylor, you got <laughs> Yeah. I do not have Christmas horror. Uh, my first one, uh, it's called Merry Little Christmas. And this is a family comedy. It's about a Christmas wedding gone wrong. Uh, where the bride and groom are little people. Okay. Oh, Merry Little Christmas! <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! So I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe like Peter Dinklage could be the groom. Perfect. Yeah. And the bride's name could be Mary too. So like a double entendre. Ooh. Mm. Merry Little Christmas. Wait, what goes wrong at the wedding? All kinds of shenanigans. Oh. Just yeah, small that, that's people good shenanigans. That's good. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody else can write it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not doing that shit. You did the hard part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, my second one is called Tingle All the Way. <laughs> nice. Kay. And this is Arnold Schwarzenegger stars in it, and his son wants him to come for Christmas. And the whole movie is just Arnold and Sinbad running around town edging, uh, trying to make the other one blow their load before Christmas Ew! morning. <laughs> I was like, I was wondering, does he mean come? Come for Christmas. <laughs> Wait, so his son... <laughs> His what son is his come, son? He's never come before, except for once. Obviously, he had. To yeah. Come. yeah. So, he just, that's all his son wants is for his dad to come. So does he? Does his son find a diary where his? You know, yeah. He just never can come anymore. And Sinbad's just taunting him the whole time. He's edging and he's trying to make him come early before Christmas morning. <laughs> Is that the cum scene? Yeah, that's the end of the movie. Okay. <laughs> just, just a clip from the end. Okay. That's nice that you got the actors together for a table read of that. That's pretty good, dude. You should pitch that to Warner Brothers. I, I will. New inventions. Send us money. New inventions. Send us money. All right, so this is New Inventions. Uh, this is where we pitch inventions and hope that you send us some money in the mail. Uh, we're always looking for investors. Uh, the first invention we have, it's a thermometer that always reads 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. So what do you guys think? Would you invest? Hmm. I feel like I always want to be sick, not healthy, if I'm using it. Like, you know what I mean? If I need an gotcha. excuse, I'm never trying to fake healthy. Mm. Well, yeah, a thermometer that always reads sick would actually be useful. That would be better. But mm. I'm looking for more peace of mind with this invention. Yeah, yeah. Especially during these oh, times. Oh, so you're you know? saying you just want like a placebo effect that you're you're healthy? Yeah, you could be in a cold sweat, but you put a thermometer in. Oh, 98.6, I'm ready to go to the supermarket. I mean, it's not even a thermometer at that point. It's literally just a piece of glass with numbers <laughs> on it. Right. And we could make one for every degree. Maybe 100, we could get one for every degree. 101. Whatever yeah. you want. Well, I have an invention. You know how you wake up and you want to go back to sleep, but you have to pee? 
Mm, yep. Yes, every day. Up. Yeah. So every goddamn day. My idea is a mattress with a little part that you fold out and then you mm. roll over onto it and you pee into <laughs> the mattress. Okay, like, not everyone can do that though. I can't do women that. Women can't use this. So Great, I'm sorry. thanks. But mm. you pee into the mattress and it goes into, say, like a 10 to 20 gallon tank that's under the bed. <laughs> And it smells great. 20 it, fills, <laughs> yeah. it fills up with pee over the course of, say, six months. Ew. And then there's like a hose that comes out of it, and you bring it up to your window to empty it out, or you bring it up to the toilet and you empty it out and just continually flush while you're flushing the 10 to 20 gallons of pee. And Julia, you bring up the smell, but you should know that we've actually partnered up with Febreze, and Febreze has specifically <laughs> designed an aerosol can for covering up the smell of piss. And you're going to get a lifetime supply with the Piss Mattress Pro. And all you have to do is spray it around your bedroom for 10 to 20 minutes, four times a day. And it's going to cover up most of that piss smell. <laughs> like, you'll smell it a little bit, but you pretty much won't smell it. If, if you guys want to invest, any of you listeners out there, just send us your credit card uh, to the Michael Jacobs moment at gmail.com. We propose to develop alternate liquid and solid fuel boosters. Welcome to Funspiracies, the only segment on this show where we discuss the real truth. Today we will be discussing what I believe to be one of the biggest unknown tragedies of our lifetimes, the murder and subsequent replacement of the one and only Marshall Mathers, a.k.a. Eminem, a.k.a. Mm. Slim Shady. Now this is the real story. This is what really happened according to my research um, and YouTube videos that I watched. So shortly before his musical hiatus, quote unquote, in 2005, Eminem is approached by the leaders of the Illuminati and asked to join in their efforts to, of total global control. Mm. Never the conformist, Eminem told him to buzz off. I'm pretty sure that's a direct quote. Shortly thereafter, Eminem's tour bus is involved in a serious car accident and is overturned. Officially, Eminem was not on said bus, mm. but we all know what really happened. He was, of course, killed in the orchestrated event. The tour continued with a lookalike, but was eventually canceled in August, with Slim Shady mm. supposedly entering a rehab facility. Three years later, a much different mm. Eminem returns to music with mu mu mixed reviews. So, you might be asking yourself, what is the evidence to this theory? Well, he looks different. He looks a lot different, and his music is worse. And by the way, the facial discrepancies have nothing to do with his mm. aging or anything like that. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't really yeah. get the whole Illuminati thing. Like what are they what would what is controlling the world? What does that even mean? It's basically cloning Eminem. I mean, obviously that's a that's a question for another day. This is just okay, about yeah. Eminem and obviously yeah, yeah. his replacement. Right. Well, I I understand what you're saying because what would they how could they gain control by using Eminem as a pawn? Like what is he gaining them for that money? Oh. Uh, what would you even do with control? Once you get to a certain level of celebrity, it's either you join the Illuminati or you get mm. killed. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, speaking about the plausibility of conspiracies. Ranking stuff. We bound to make a list. What's first? What's last? We bound to make you piss because we rank stuff. Yeah, we rank stuff. Okay. I want to rank these things from most to least plausible. We got Bigfoot. Aliens that have been to Earth and ghosts. And just to start off, I'm going to say that aliens that have been to Earth for me is clearly the most plausible. And mm -hmm. I want to know if you guys all agree with that. Yeah. I, I Absolutely. Think, 
Bigfoot to me is more plausible than. Oh my god! What? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's to like me? the least plausible. Yeah. To oh me. wow! Bigfoot is that, the least you think, plausible. You think Bigfoot? You think ghosts are no, more probable ghosts than is Bigfoot? I think energies are. No, it doesn't say energies. It says. <laughs> it doesn't ghosts. say energies. It says ghosts. I count them both together. Okay, maybe they're the same. People experience them the exact, exactly the same way, and no one believes them after the fact. By the way, by the way, by the way, I am a big believer in both Bigfoot and aliens. So, you think Bigfoot's really good at hiding or what? So, why do you think Bigfoot is more plausible than aliens if you believe in uh, both? just because, you know, big like just in terms of logically, Bigfoot is just like an underdeveloped species or develops a species that never evolved past a certain stage. So, to me that's more logical or more likely than, you know, something coming from millions of infinite miles but away. How have we not actually seen a bigfoot or well, because they're intelligent they bury their they, they bury their their dead you know they they live in remote areas yeah we've explored pretty <laughs> much I, everywhere I don't, I don't know there's a lot of undiscovered species you know they're not underwater though they're in the woods you don't know that yeah. it could be an underwater bigfoot oh well that i would believe more than a woodland creature so yeah they happen to be amphibious they can do both they live in the swamps they can hide well now you're talking about like the creature from the black lagoon that's a whole different thing Listen, there's all types of uh, sasquatch out there there's a skunk ape there's you know the uh, uh, yeti there's all types of bigfoot no there isn't uh yeah there are julia <laughs> you were just saying that there's energies and shit and bigfoot <laughs> isn't real get the fuck out of here because we've explored every single woodland in the world already wait we wait you've been to it. every not you think me. That every piece of wood has been mapped Every ecosystem on Earth has been at least analyzed to some degree. Yeah, and we rely on one another. Like, what do they eat? What do who eats them? Like, the, if they weren't being hunted, then they would reproduce like crazy, and we would see them. All it takes is one Bigfoot over the past like three hundred years, just one Bigfoot to just wander into like a road or into human society. You could say the same thing with aliens. No, because aliens have to be smart enough to get here, and they put Stonehenge there. And they're not on Earth. They can just stay in space and, like, visit, like, one at a time. I don't know. There's, like, so many different aliens are so beyond my comprehension that if I found out they were real, I'd be like, oh, that makes sense because that's beyond my comprehension. But Bigfoot is like, well, they're living on Earth. They're animals. So, like, they need to follow the laws of being animals. And that's why ghosts are more plausible than Bigfoot. Get because, the fuck out of here. Because no. ghosts, I just, no, ghosts just... are definitely not real. But if the, if I found out they were real, I would be able to wrap my head around how we haven't had proof of them for mm. all this time. Don't don't you think planet Earth would have caught Bigfoot? Wait, George, hit me with your best Bigfoot call. Hit oh, yeah, me with yeah. Your best Bigfoot well, that's sound. another thing. I mean, if, if there is no Bigfoot, then who's out there in the woods making all those noises? Mm? <laughs> All the people looking. Who's out there? Who's out there Wait. going? Ah. It's just people screaming back and forth to each other. Oh, you think it's people out there in the woods screaming back and forth to each other? You're telling me there's a bunch of people out in the world that are so convinced. <laughs> Who that has heard these things? Head. I mean, I, I can send you a lot of links. The only way I can see Bigfoot surviving is if they have a secret underground society and they teach their young like very diligently not to go near humans and to stay away from humans and they're like actually super smart that would be the only way i could wrap my head around about it 10 years from now we're gonna find a bigfoot and you guys are gonna be eating your word <laughs> i hope we do i honestly hope we do that'd be fun. yeah so to you bigfoot's down at the bottom ghosts are sec ghosts well are i was sec gonna say that i could go on for really long about how dumb ghosts are in my mind but since you've said bigfoot yeah, yeah i didn't think anyone would say bigfoot was top <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. Well, I didn't see Bigfoot, but I did see a guy. I saw a guy. Let me tell you about this guy I saw. So actually, I didn't see a guy. I saw a kid. I was sitting mm. in Wegmans, and this kid just came up to me by himself. He had to be like seven years old or so and just said, is this real life? No. And I just was like, yeah. And then he just left. He just walked away. Wow. That was the baby Bigfoot that you saw. Yeah, that was <laughs> you saw Bigfoot. No, that was a ghost. I don't know. I don't what know if I should have helped this kid, but he just walked away. Maybe he had just gone to the dentist or something and had meds. Where were his parents, though? I don't know. That actually reminds me. I saw a child as well. I saw a guy. Child. Let me tell you about this guy. Child. We tried. Uh, so our, myself and our mutual friend Pat often skateboard at this abandoned tennis court, and there's a guy who brings his little two-year-old kid, and she's very cute. She chases us around going, hey, hey. <laughs> and the last time we were there, she was at one point laying face down on the tennis court, just rubbing her face on the ground. Ew. And her dad eventually got her to stop. And then later, Pat was like, did you have fun rubbing your face on the ground? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> kids are dumb, man. Kids are so fucking weird. It was actually adorable. I saw a kid once. I saw a guy. Kid. Let me tell you about this guy. Kid. So uh, one time, Paul and I were organizing a benefit uh, show in high school for a project, and we did it at this uh, YMCA, or no, it was like like community center that was up in Trap, Pennsylvania. And we drove up there to meet with the guy uh, shortly before the event, and it was like a blizzard, a snowstorm. And obviously, when we got there, no one was there because they cl- they shut down the center. But <gasps> as we were like getting directions to turn around and come back home. We just see like this figure emerging through the snow, like getting clearer and clearer. And then and we just notice that it's like this 10 year old kid riding through the blizzard in on his bicycle. No. He to us in the car and he just we rolled down the winter to uh, the window and he just goes, no center tonight. And we oh. just go, yeah, I guess not tonight, buddy. <laughs> and then what? He looked so sad and he rode back in the blizzard, I hope, and didn't die. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to play Super Nintendo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. Or eat. Oh, God. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Text us a movie and we'll say it. Text us a movie and we'll say This is text us a movie and we'll say it, where you text us a movie and we say it live on the air. Local movie buff Kyle O'Connor also texted us a movie this week. Uh, so let's start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Uh, the Pledge. He texted us the pledge. Uh, Jack Nicholson has a mustache in this movie. Uh, so that's not something you see every day. I think we have a clip from this movie, right? Let's take a listen. It means if there's something wrong, those who have the ability to take action have the responsibility to take action. I'm going to steal it. 
What? I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> so apparently that's the premise of the movie. That's when Jack Nicholson decides that he wants to steal the Declaration of Independence. Declination. Declar Declination. <laughs> that's the pledge that he makes. <laughs> that's the titular pledge. Uh, remember, if you want us to read a movie on the air, text it to us. You probably know us. Uh, for everything else, send us an email at themichaeljacobsmoment at gmail.com. Follow us on social media. And keep on listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Goodcast, whatever you listen on. We'll send you a fax if you want. Right. So uh, actually today we are going to have Scott play us out. He, he volunteered to rap. I'm going to rap over the inventions jingle. And you're going to... It made me think. It made me want to rap. I thought it was just. And you're going to do it live. This isn't recorded. Yeah, yeah. This is live. <laughs> we'll do it live. Fuck it. This is off the dome. Mm -hmm. Fucking thing sucks. I don't know what that means to play us out. What does that mean? <laughs> to end the show? Yeah. <laughs> All right, go, go. In five, four, three. Right. Fucking thing sucks. I got a mattress that I want to fill with my pee. Send us money. Send some money if you want to see. We got thermometers reading like it's always hot, but it's not. Who cares? Let me hit you with a triple dog there. Send us money. You got to send some money if you want some shares. It's the ground floor. I'm poor. Trying to make a sale. I'm sure. Make let that let at the store. Send us money. Send some money. I'll take any amount. Yeah, these new inventions gonna change the world. Taking money from the boys and girls like, look, don't you hate waking up to pee? I can solve that problem, but I need money. Making a product, it's not easy, cause this mattress needs to hold a lot of pee. 